1: This streamlined process will save you the time, money, and energy needed to concentrate on marketing and other creative content strategies before your item is in stock and ready for sale. Visit simoglobal.com to learn more, because a picture should be worth 1,000 keywords.
0: You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast. You're listening to episode number 128 of the Awesomers.com podcast series, and the tradition now well-established is to simply go to awesomers.com slash 128 to find today's show notes and relevant details. Now we're joined today again by Troy Romelski, and uh, Troy is joining us for part two of his three-part series. And yesterday we kind of talked about some of his origin story, where he came from and so forth. And some of his very uh, eclectic background, right? Uh, th- this idea of where do you begin and um, and then where do you go? Uh, I-, I always find it so fascinating. I love these kind of stories. And uh, today we talk about some of those defining moments that that put him on the path where he is today as an entrepreneur and somebody who's running an Amazon-centric marketplace business in the e-commerce world. And I just, I really, really appreciate the fact that Troy was willing to open up about some of his past and history and even some of the challenges he faced along the way. Let's jump back into today's episode and let's do it right now. Hey, everybody, we're back again. Steve Simonson, uh, joined by Troy did I get that right again? You got it. Okay. It's so, it's panic-inducing every time I have to pronounce a name that I'm not sure of, because people pronounce my name wrong all the time. Steve Simonson seems pretty clear to me. It's phonetic and so forth, as your name is, by the way. But I'm called Steve Simpson about 98.8% of the time. And again, I blame the Simpsons. And I see. Words...
2: Go ahead. I us to say that people see my name all the time and panic. And I'll see them look at the sheet, look at me, look at the sheet, look at me, and then do their best. But it's, it's funny. I like I love them to struggle and see what they come up with. Romanowski has been, I think, my favorite so far.
0: Oh, that is again the creativity. Uh, you know, when somebody calls me Simpson, it's like, where do you see the P in there? Uh, I just I, I got nothing. But so anyway, so I have my own uh, baggage I'm carrying about being nervous about pe- pronouncing people's names. So yesterday we talked uh, a little bit uh, about this idea of where you came from and and uh, the fact that you study for uh, a couple subjects that weren't necessarily in the target of your uh, <laughs> career trajectory. Um, but between the time that you kind of came out of university and you were in the mail room and then you were doing, doing the extra work and the background work, what, what was the defining moment that put you on the road that you're on today?
2: There's, there's sort of a, a few moments that popped up that would, I guess, would come to mind. Uh, I think the first one. Um, when I was an extra and I was, and I was pretty broke, um, at the time, this is going pretty far back. Um, there was a big play of mini disc players making a move in the, uh, as CDs sort of had that market. And I, I, for some reason really wanted a mini disc player. And so, uh, I was just watching all that. I didn't have much money. So I'm watching all these eBay listings all the time waiting for a deal. And, you know, eventually I found one, um, and then about that same time i realized i wasn't going to be able to make rent that month and so i was like oh my gosh i just bought this and i was like i guess this is an extra item i guess i should resell it i know i got a deal on it and so i made a a better marketing message a better listing on ebay and i resold it and i forget how much money i made it wasn't that much but i was like i can keep doing this and so i I think i think in a month i i bought and sold about 30 mini disc players In order to uh go ahead and make rent for the month and so that was like hey there's something to this like i didn't have to go anywhere and i still made money at that um but then fast forward to oh man 12 15 years later from that and i had i had a few things that didn't go well um some things had fallen apart and i found myself um i was i was 34 years old and living in my friend's basement apartment that they were kind enough to rent me at a screaming deal. Cause they knew I didn't have much money. Uh, I think I had maybe a few thousand dollars in the bank account and I was sitting there and I, this was something that like, I was like, we can make brands. We can sell them online and I could do that. and It would be my stuff. Uh, and I was like, this seems like a good idea. And I found myself hesitating about it. I'm like, why am I hesitating? And the idea was I'm so worried about failing that I didn't want to move forward. And then about two minutes later, I realized I didn't appear successful to anybody at that moment in time. What was I so worried about? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there was absolutely nothing in my life that said this guy's a winner. So so I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm I guess I'm facing that fear. I guess it can't get much worse. So let's let's go after this. Let's see what let's see what could happen. I love it. So I think that's a really
0: clear defining moment and something that a lot of us should be able to identify with. Um, both of us uh, have faced those types of fears along the way and may continue to face them in some form or another. But the reality is nobody really cares when you fail, right? That. They really don't, we care more and, and our egos are hurt and, and there's aspects of it that you know, we're embarrassed or we're sad about time or money or whatever wasted, but you know, the lessons are never lost, right? We get to hold the experience and the lessons in our mind. So it's never really a, a, an abject failure but it's it's so often our pride and our ego and i love the fact that you're able to just check that at the door and go all right well what are they going to say my my you know next path to to the top of the mailroom is not work, looking so good you know what, what are they going to do to me so i love that and then so at the point that you decided that you may decide you want to build a brand and make your own thing what what steps did you take at that point to
2: to pursue that idea um well i this is this precedes ASM so or amazing.com before that they had released a uh, a course called AMM and that had a few different things going in it which was like uh, I think it was drop shipping might have been wholesaling and then private label was just like one of the facets involved in that and I had purchased that course and just sort of like not done anything with it and I remembered reaching out to a, a friend that I knew that also hadn't been like hey is this still like applicable is this or like, what's working now? And so I got kind of a Cliff's Notes version of where to go. And the whole thing was, uh, I had a contract to leave the country. I was going to be performing on a cruise ship, and so uh, I had six weeks, eight weeks to sort of like get things together before I was, you know, off on this ship and didn't know what was going to happen. And so that was it. It was just a race against the clock to see if I could get something made that I could sell. And as as luck would have it, it it just started. I think arrived at FBA a couple of days before I was leaving. And so we made our first sales when, uh, I don't know, I was out of the country somewhere.
0: I love it. So I, first of all, I love that deadline, right? It's, a, it's kind of a self-imposed deadline, even though it was connected to a, uh, another activity. But yeah. that deadline pushed you to kind of just, um, we're just going to execute. We have to because we have no choice. Yeah. Um, even if people need to make a fake deadline, I think that's a good idea. You know, just go, hey, we have to do it by this day and rally your resources around it. It's always a good idea to, to kind of cross that uh, emotional bridge and cross that productivity bridge. And now I can only assume, uh, doing the math on our prior conversation, that you're going to perform in the mailroom on the cruise ship. Is that what was happening?
2: <laughs> kind of. Uh, I mean, that's pretty much where you, where you sort of live. You're, uh, you're definitely, well, I was lucky enough that I didn't live below sea level. Like I had a portal and you can look out and the water's right there. But oh, yeah, wow. Did the water ever go over your window? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I man, mean you're like you're like in the bowels of the ship. But yeah. uh so uh, as a performer,
0: now I actually do know what you were doing on the ship, but share for the audience out there who uh don't they don't know your history, what you were doing in your performances.
2: Okay, so my my background growing up, I was a a gymnast. And so uh it kind of it lends itself to then um, going on to do aerial performances. So, uh, people compare it like Cirque du Soleil type stuff. And my performing partner, uh, is now my wife. Um, we, we were like, we met and we had a lot of fun doing some other shows together and we were like, Hey, we should, uh, we, we should put something together and then take this thing on the road. And that was kind of, that was kind of what we did. But yeah, so my wife and I were performing aerial, um, for the shows on a, on a cruise ship. I love
0: it. Yeah. And, and for those, uh, who've been on cruises, some of these shows are extraordinary. And to me, it's even harder on a cruise ship than it would be on a land base, not to mention the, the repetition that you have to do and the, the pace that you have to keep, but th- those ships they move around and that, that can't <laughs> be good for
2: balance. How did that work? I've always wanted to know. Uh, there's, there was a few times where we were like dangerously close to like crashing and burning, uh, because we would also do a certain amount of dance and lifts and stuff like that. And if the ship is listing really hard, uh, and typically the theater is in like the, the bow of the ship, uh, where it's just, it's just much worse. Um, yeah, you find yourself kind of like spiraling off to the side of the stage and you're like, Oh, I got to move back to center. Or like they were actually kind enough that when the ship was really rocky, the production manager would come to us and say, is it too dangerous for you guys to perform today? And we had to make that judgment call, but yeah, it was, it was challenging, there was challenges or like, uh, you're up in the air and then you have to land, but like you look down and it's like, uh, it's like a scene from Top Gun where they're landing on the aircraft carrier and it's going like this. And <laughs> I love like, that. Uh, I think this is going to go well Cross your Any, fingers.
0: Yeah. Anytime we can get a Top Gun reference in, I'm a, i am I definitely know it's a hot show. So, uh, <laughs> I, I love this idea that, you know, here you are as a gymnast and, and then you develop that into the aerial, um, kind of uh, acrobatics and so forth. And then with your now wife you guys were able to put a show together how long did you get out there on the the open ocean there
2: uh we were out like our contract was for 7 months and we started it was a it was a great route because we started off in Europe and we got to do a lot of Europe and then got to cross the atlantic uh go through the panama canal uh so i've been through the panama canal uh, i think 6 times wow. and then we did like all of central america and then all around south america antarctica um so i've been to i think we I think we counted it up to a little over 30 countries we were we were able to get to on that tour. It was, that
0: is so cool. And I suppose, you know, unlike the guys uh, serving the the coffee and the the dining uh, where they are working seven days a week, you probably didn't have quite as a rigorous schedule. So maybe you got to enjoy a couple of those stopovers, yeah?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, um, I mean, for all, all the jobs, for all the grunt work and horrible jobs I've held in my life, this was like, this was a gift because this was... Uh, like the average length of a cruise or was about two weeks. And so what that meant was, you know, 14 day cruise, we performed four days out of those two weeks. And so luckily for us, it was, uh, they would sandwich them all together. So we would have 10 days off work four days, 10 days off. And even even better for us, we got married right before uh, we went out on the ship. And so this is like, this is our seven month honeymoon touring around.
0: I love it. That, that's really cool. And at the same time as you're getting married, you're going off on a cruise around the, the, the globe, as it turns out, uh, you also started this little brand and, started, and, and put product into Amazon and it started selling while you were on the high seas.
2: Yeah, started selling uh, while out on the sea, which meant uh, for anybody who's been on a cruise ship, they know that uh, you got to pay for the internet out there and especially for the crew they're they're not on the crew had to pay. wow yeah you got to buy block or at least at at that time you had to buy blocks of time in minutes and so i think i was paying like 11 cents a minute um in order to use the internet so there's not a lot of scrolling your facebook feed or watching youtube videos it's uh it's a little more strategic uh in what you're going to do and then it was like every time every time we would go to port it was like try and find a coffee shop with halfway decent wi-fi and maybe download a few things and stuff like that but it was It did wonders for my personal productivity because I would sit there with like a pen and a paper and make a list of everything that I had to do. You log in and try and do it as fast as you can. Um, And also, like especially off the coast of South America or like bad weather and stuff like that, the the ship's sort of satellite relay doesn't necessarily yield the world's greatest Internet connection. So uh, some frustration at times, but uh, hey, made it work, made it work. I love it. Well, I do think it's actually a fun productivity hack to go,
0: hey, you, you have eight minutes of internet today. What are you going to do with it? And <laughs> yeah. uh, really be thoughtful about that. Uh, I definitely have been on a number of cruises. although I think it's getting cheaper and more accessible and, and even better internet. This last one, I went on a cruise here uh, just in the last couple months uh, with my kids up to Alaska. Not only they had like premium internet where I could watch Netflix on the cruise. Oh. And I had the unlimited package that was thrown in with my uh, my suite, so uh, it's it's the golden age of uh, internet coming to cruise ships. But the the lesson I think that you learned about productivity and the struggles that you had to to go through, I've definitely been there, where you know no connectivity or the connectivity that you're actually paying for is just terrible. Yeah. It, it just terrible and and almost uh, unusable. So um, so. As you're going through this cruise, obviously, you're enjoying a little honeymoon time. You're still working, and, but a relatively good gig, I would say, uh, compared to probably the mailroom or maybe even being a, a background artist, as we talked about earlier. Yes. What, what was going through your mind about your business uh, as, as this cruise was taking place?
2: Uh, well, the whole sort of self-imposed deadline was uh, in seven months when that contract was up, I didn't want to have to take another job. I wanted to be able to step off the ship and that's it i just wanted to support myself like at that time i mean i turned i turned 35 on the cruise ship and i think the next oldest cast member to me was 27 (laughs) so it's like i was there with a lot of people that like this is their first job you know and they're you know it's fine it's like summer camp you know it's like a, a getaway but it's not really it's hard to live your life on a cruise ship. And it would be even harder That my wife and I definitely wanted children. It's, it's not the place to uh, have small children and try and raise a family. And so that was all right. And, like to get us to the next stage of life, like I got to do this or, or I'm going to have to like go and take some job when I get back. And it was just something I didn't want to do. So, you know, come come hell or high water, I was going to make it work.
0: I love that discipline. Do you think
2: that some, obviously
0: being a gymnast and being a very accomplished gymnast and acrobatics uh, person, as I, as I know you are, was some of that discipline that you put into the working out and the regiments that you went through, it, does that parlay itself into the business world by setting these deadlines and other types of things?
2: Uh, I definitely think so. Like I'm I'm the type of guy that it's like, I, I like my habits, I like my schedules, I like my training. Um, and so that's just kind of, uh, it 's just kind of spilled over it 's like you know this is when I do this, this is when I do that, and you know it works well for uh you know setting goals getting stuff done um which you know even though you set a goal does it, like there 's a lot of change that uh or speed bumps that come up on that route but yeah uh, sorry it 's kind of the long winded answer to yeah you 're exactly correct um, uh, no no i
0: like uh th- there 's no long wind here uh, so i definitely so i I, I can see the the fact that you know somebody who's a gymnast and a and a very accomplished athlete, you know, has a, levels of discipline, and and again the ability to set set deadlines and even even recover as the the road is never straight, right? As you talked about the bumps in the road that are inevitable, we all face those. And so, uh, how did you deal with those challenges? So once you came back, obviously you had to make an evaluation was the business ready to support you or did you have to go get another gig? What was the answer there? Uh,
2: The answer was, I think I got this. Like I had, I had a number in mind of where I wanted to be uh, when we got off the ship and we hit it like uh, about a month, about a month before we were done. And so I was sitting pretty and then the, uh, the day, the day we were leaving the ship, Amazon lost all of our inventory, like (laughs) all of it. (laughs) It was like the day before we're selling stuff the very next day, zero and And I was like, Hey, where's our stuff? And they're like, Oh, we don't know. We have no idea. And so it was like, Oh my gosh, all this work and there's no money. So, uh, it took about a week (laughs) to get that sorted out. But yeah, that was, that was that was you know, speed bump. Number one was on day one. Um, it was, Oh my gosh, I, I didn't make this work. I'm gonna have to go get a job. And so no, 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 we'll find a way around it. It's there somewhere or hopefully they're going to reimburse me one of the two. Um, but yeah, so just just like that. You got you to be ready for anything. And more and more as it's come up, you're just like, oh, this is another, it's another situation where I'm going to have to learn something new. I'm going to have to talk to some people. Uh, I'm going to have to find a way uh, to go through this, around this, over this, under this. Somehow, I got to get to the other side. And uh, after you've done it enough times, uh, you just realize that situations come up and you're just going to have to deal with them.
0: Yeah. Uh, we've talked about this uh, on this show many times that you know, we're, we're kind of in the business as entrepreneurs of solving problems anyway. And we should, therefore, not be surprised when some problem comes up that needs our attention. It, it's, you know, these lightning bolts like you had on your very first day, basically, off the ship. It's like, uh, hey, uh, remember how the sales were going great? Uh, today, they're not so great because we lost all your stuff. Now, uh, in fairness to Amazon, if they really did lose it, at some point, you'd be reimbursed for it. Um, the downside is when they just kind of lose it for a number of days, they don't reimburse you for nothing in terms <laughs> of lost sales. They're like, Oh, Hey, good news. We found all your stuff. Uh, you can start selling again. Although well, mm-hmm. that's seven days of lost sales, plus the lost momentum on the listing,
2: mm-hmm. all of those
0: other kind of unintentional consequences are, man, they must've really, uh, given you, uh, at least, uh, frustration, if not consternation.
2: Yeah. It was, I mean, it was definitely frustrating. Um, I mean, and also it was like, I, I didn't have a, we didn't have a place to live at the time. And so it was like just another added sort of, we're like, Oh, we'll go see family for a few days here and family for a few days there. And then then we got to go try and find a apartment somewhere. And Oh, by the way, I gotta, I gotta also fix my business at some point in time.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, I I definitely know, uh, especially the folks out there who are kind of Amazon centric entrepreneurs, they can identify with, with what you went through because those little lightning bolts that come up, they, They happen when you least expect them. They will continue to happen in various ways. Sometimes the same thing will happen routinely, but most of the time, they'll find some new wrinkle uh, to annoy you. And I'm sure you found other wrinkles since that day one, yes?
2: Oh, yeah. There's plenty. Could write write books. I think think aside from Amazon suspending my account, knock on wood, I think we face just about everything else that they can throw at us. Uh, even a couple of like three months after that, we got a trademark infringement claim that I didn't know about and which ultimately had me tracking down the attorney. Like it was a legitimate claim too and I just didn't know about it. So we like tracked down the attorney that filed the claim and just ultimately begged for them to release uh, the listing that was, you know, our biggest listing at the time. And I don't know, they took pity on us or something and and they obliged. But yeah, without that, it's like, I don't know. That first year was just filled with like ups and downs and hurdles to get over. And uh, uh, you just you just keep on going. Yeah. But like I said, as entrepreneurs, as entrepreneurs, we're problem solvers. And yeah, the lessons learned. It's just I don't know. It it builds your confidence along the way because it's like I have faced problems before. I've gotten past them. This is just another one. Let's figure out how to do it. I love it. Well, uh, we're going to take another quick break. When we come back, I want to talk more about the lessons learned
0: because, you know, as you go through the journey, especially when people are starting out, they're faced with things that seem like they're uh, not easy to overcome that you just mentioned your trademark thing. When somebody gets a a trademark shutdown or a letter from attorney, they can just freak out. And uh, I want to talk about maybe some of those uh, lessons that you've learned and maybe some freak out moments when we uh, come back after this next message
1: empower the name says it all connecting e-commerce entrepreneurs with great people ideas systems and the services needed to stay business dynamic and to grow empowery is a network a cooperative venture of tools and resources to make you better at what you do because we love what you do we are you visit empowery.com to learn more you're listening to the awesomers podcast Hey Amazon Marketplace Professionals, this is Parsimony ERP and we get one question over and over. Can you please tell me exactly what Parsimony does? Well, we'll try. But this is only a 30-second spot, so we're going to have to hurry. Connect to your Seller Central account and pull all the new orders. Enter the orders with all customer data. Enter all of the Amazon fees and charges. Store them at the item level. Generate profit and loss reports at the SKU level. Automatically generate income statements. Handle multiple companies. Handle multiple brands. Handle multiple currencies. Facilitate budgets and forecasts. Store all customer interactions in a sophisticated CRM system. Manage your chain, Budget and task management. Maintain an audit log. Hey, you get it. That's parsimony. P-A-R-S-I-M-O-N-Y dot com. Parsimony.com. We've got that. You're listening to The Awesomers Podcast.
0: Okay, let's pause right here for part two of our three-part series with Troy. Uh, I sure do get a lot out of these uh, episodes, and I, I just have a blast when I talk. And, you know, I get to crack jokes. Hopefully you guys understand my my joke-making is not to diminish our guest, or uh, even my sarcasm is not to... Uh, you know, diminish any circumstance but I like to have fun and I really appreciate the fact that Troy has always been a fun guy to hang out with I've met him at conferences more than one time and we just, you know, we kind of hang out and uh, from time to time we'll exchange information, you know, if one of us needs a, uh, a bit of insight on a particular topic and you know, he's a true entrepreneur, entrepreneur's entrepreneur if you will and uh, so definitely somebody I respect and appreciate and I again want to reinforce how much I, I'm just have so much gratitude for, for Troy and all the awesomers who've come on and shared their stories, talked about the hard times, products being suspended, you know, sending the email to the accountant talking about, I don't know what's happening, you know, am I going to be okay? Do we need to make cutbacks? All of these things can be at the moment they're happening. They feel like the weight of the world's on your shoulders. And only later when we've had time to digest, we can go, all right, well, it was not awesome, but it certainly wasn't that bad. So we're going to jump into part three tomorrow. Don't forget to join us then. This is, uh, again, part two of our three-part series with Troy Romelski. And uh, this has also been episode number 128 of the Awesomers.com podcast series. Don't forget to join us tomorrow for this exciting conclusion. Well, we've done it again, everybody. We have another episode of the Awesomers podcast ready for the world. Thank you for joining us, and we hope that you've enjoyed our program today. Now's a good time to take a moment to subscribe, like, and share this podcast. Heck, you could even leave a a review if you wanted. Awesomers around you will appreciate your help. It's only with your participation and sharing that we'll be able to achieve our goals. Our success is literally in your hands. Thank you again for joining us. We are at your service. Find out more about me, Steve Simonson, our guest team, and all the other Awesomers involved at awesomers.com. Thank you again.